Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to I put on like such a weird voice when I say it. But I don't I know, know but I'm just used to it now. I don't know how not welcome. to. Well, I go welcome. How do I just say welcome? <laughs> okay. Welcome to Afterwork Drinks, your weekly dose of news, pop culture and Pinot Noir, brought to you by magazine editors and best friends Isabel Truman and Grace O'Neill. That was better. Yeah. Um how was London? London was great. It was really fun. It was a bit of a whirlwind as always, but um, whipped out the large hat for Royal Ascot, which was pretty amazing. You need to learn how to get more photos than just uh, in a bathroom. I know. I just forget. I literally just forget. I know. I'm so bad with that kind of thing. And then when everyone else is getting them, I'm a bit like, oh, this is a bit cringe. And then I just end up with no photos. But I did get to see our favorites so there's like a royal procession mm-hmm. that was the queen it was the queen the queen of the netherlands kate and william beatrice and eugenie <laughs> charles and camilla <laughs> and that was everyone um why was everyone wearing blue i don't know i was like there's no accidents in this family so they must have all decided to i guess i, feel I don't like really know it was an accident it was so weird so they came in for the royal procession and you can kind of see them because they, they come through on the racetrack and then where our like box was was just above the royal box so we could from our balcony see them walk up from the elevators into their box 
It's so cool. So we saw them coming in then. Yeah, it was really cool. It was all very casual considering it's like the royal family. Like there was no snipers or big guys in crazy tuxedos or you know what I mean? Like they just kind of moved around. Kate is so beautiful in real life. She looks like a Hollywood movie star. Yeah, I wanted to know. What's her skin like? Beautiful, luminous. That was great. How's LA? LA's um, good. I keep trying to write down like whenever a funny thing happens, but I just always forget. But like I was in a Pilates class (laughs) this morning and I don't even know how this came up. You know how people just in LA just talk to you? Like you'll just be yes. anywhere and they just want to talk. Like I I literally now understand why Uber is testing um silence mode. <laughs> like when they when yes, an article my dream, that, yeah. when an article came out about that, everyone in the office in Australia was sort of like, Oh, why would you even need that? Oh my god, you need it in LA. It's just mental. Like I'll get in the car. Just so yeah. But I, but I just like sometimes when I'm in an Uber, I'm like doing something like I need to be on mm-hmm. my phone or like texting someone or like organizing something or working and you just cannot like for one second break away from this conversation or also like when you are like I don't even think you want to be talking to me you're just doing this because you think this makes you good at your job and will get you five stars yeah no a so lot of this horrible labored conversation when neither of you want to be in it but you're both just doing it yeah, but like 90% of these people like want to be in it. It's nuts. Like they end up showing me their like photos of things on their phones and just like one of them was like, oh, I feel like um, – because I was like, oh, people are so chatty in LA. Like get the fucking hint. And he was like, no, no, no. Like, there's so <laughs> I much... hate that. <laughs> yeah, he was like, no, no, no. Like they're, like they're so much more chatty in New York. I was like, they're just like really not. And he was like, blah, 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 until I got out. And I was like, thank you. Um, anyway. So there's a woman in my Pilates. I think the thing with us as well that's bad is that we are good at talking to people but hate it. So we, yeah. like, accidentally put on the yeah, like, really enjoying a conversation because we're kind of good at talking about any topic. <laughs> yeah. We're yeah. just praying for it to end. Like but accidentally con- keep it. Like, I, I'll just add to a conversation when I don't want to and then it'll just go for another, like, 20 minutes. And I'm like, yeah. Why? Yeah, like one time at uh, high school, I did a speech, like a full speech on gumboots <laughs> for four minutes <laughs> and came first in my class. Why? Because I was like, I just like, I was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to do like the stupidest speech ever. And then I got first in the class and everyone was like in hysterics. And I was like, this is just such a joke. Um, like a stand up routine about gumboots. Yeah. Anyway, so I was in this Pilates class this morning and this woman, like, I don't know why she started talking to me, but she goes, um, she's like, you know, people's sexiest person award. And I was like, yes. And she's like, well, my friend used to be the one who chose that. And she would just call me and like 10 of her other girlfriends and say, who's sexy? Oh, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I know. I was like, what? And I was I like, love that. Yeah. I was like, is that how The Rock got on there? And she was like, well, no, this was like 15 years ago. <laughs> I know. Is that really how easy it is? Yeah. And then, um, oh, yeah. And, like, the instructor of my Pilates class was just so, so Hollywood. It was, like, the best thing ever. Um, and then another thing I got told was um, my friend was like, yeah, one time I got, like, upgraded to business class. Um, and I, like, turned to my side. And I was like, who is that person with all of the dogs? And then it was just Paris Hilton. Um, and then <laughs> she, she was like, I don't know why she wasn't flying, like – first or something um and then 
she was like, I realized it was her. And then when she was getting off, she opened the overhead compartment and had a cardboard cutout of herself in there. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think she just did that so that anyone would like on the plane would just have the most Paris Hilton experience ever? Because surely she wouldn't need to carry that around with her. I just have no idea. But like, I keep hearing like just the funniest tidbits like this. Like, I feel like pretty much everything people talk to me about could be on that overheard in LA Instagram account yeah that's amazing yeah and then like I could it's because like the area I live in I think I'm still coming to terms with this like the area I live in is like pretty much the flashiest area of West Hollywood so like every single celebrity I just, they're just all around here but I just like don't mm-hmm. even think of it as that being a thing and then like I was like to my friend oh I, I've been going to this cute cafe like every day and just working from there. And she was like, you know, that's Hayley Baldwin and Kendall Jenner's favorite cafe. I was like, well, no. Like, I don't know that. You're out. Like, I'm going to be, yeah. But, like, it's funny because every single person that sits next to you is, like, working for Netflix or, like, HBO or, like, like one of them the other day was just like, yeah, so what happened with Rami? And I was like, I know you're talking about Rami Malik, and I'm trying to listen. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah. How exciting. Um, I'm really sick of it. I know. <laughs> Next thing you know. Sorry, I have something in my eye, which is why I'm like opening it like a clockwork orange to you. I have stuff in my eye 24 7, Grace. Yeah, I have like, I just have like a dust, like a dust molecule in there and it's really ruining my day. (laughs) 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 Oh, God. Okay, recommendations. I have a good one. Yeah. I'm going to start. Hit me. I watched the whole third season of True Detective on the plane. I've never seen that. And it was great. Okay, so the first season of True Detective was, like, one of the best seasons of TV Wait, I've ever watched. Is it got thingy? Matthew McConaughey. Matthew? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, ha- I like, I have yeah, watched I it. Say, I swear you've seen it, yeah. Yeah, but I can't remember. Like, it's one of those things my brain is like a fucking fishbowl. It's one of those things that, like, I yeah. got, like, halfway through the first season again with Anton, like, two months ago. And I was like, oh, I've seen this whole thing. And he was like, what? How did it take <laughs> you, like, six hours to realize that? <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, so the first season was like this massive thing and then the second season was awful and then the third season came out and I really didn't hear anything about it. It's got our friend Mahershala Ali in it. Mm, love. Love him. Um, uh, and, yeah, it's really, really, really good is all I have to say about it. But when I did you watch it? it? And I, I watched it on the plane. Love. I feel like it's available somewhere. Mm. I think it's available on Netflix, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then I watched in another unexpected sporting documentary <laughs> <laughs> recommendation. I watched The Armstrong Lie, which is a movie about Lance Armstrong, you know, the cyclist who won all those like Tour de France's and then he was doping the whole time. Yeah, I watched the yeah. best documentary on that as well, weirdly, but I don't think it was called that. It was about you carry on. I'm going to figure out what it was called. Yeah, it was. So this one was directed by the same guy who directed the Elizabeth Holmes Theranos documentary. Oh my god. Yeah. So it was. He's a bit of a sucker. Like you know how in the Elizabeth Holmes one, he was like he went super light on her. 
in this one, he kept being like, I trust Lance. I don't think he's doping. And like every single piece of evidence was like, he obviously is like he, he came back for his eighth one and was like, I'm going to do it clean. So everyone knows I'm still the best, even when I don't use drugs. And then he was just going terribly the entire time, like 24th or something. And then one day he just ramped it up and came third. And, and the director was like, I'm so proud of him doing it clean. And everyone was like, he obviously just got sick of losing and used drugs for this one. Like you fucking idiot. Um, there's the best documentary. Have you seen Icarus? No. Oh, it is so good. You and Zach will, will love it. It was on Netflix. I don't know if it still is. Me and Antoine just stumbled upon it, but it's basically, yeah, about doping and cycling. And the guy who's doing the documentary starts doping himself to see what the effect will be on his cycling. And then he does oh, Tour amazing. de France and like while he's doping, so secretly, it's pretty hectic. And then he starts talking. So he's talking to like this um, Russian scientist on Skype who's like teaching him all about doping. And then the Russian scientist is like, yeah, like I was the person who was like doping all of the athletes in the Olympics. <laughs> you know how it like all came out that they were all yeah, like, yeah. on drugs. And um, now he's in hiding. Like he's full on like had to like go undercover in hiding um, because Putin wants oh to kill him. Off the back of the documentary. Oh, crazy. Yeah. And it's then, like, so interesting. The stuff and, they do is crazy. Um, And then, like, in it, <laughs> you look like a Nazi. Do you want to go and, like, fix your eye? I don't even know what to do. I just have to keep it shut for, like, one hour and then it'll be fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then, like... Um, I should get an eye patch like Madonna. Yeah. And then... And yeah, so like as you're watching the documentary, it's so hectic. This guy has to go into hiding and he's like secretly making these calls to this like documentary guy and then he releases the whole thing. It's fucked. That's so And major. he told him everything, I watch that. like how they like snuck all the drugs in for the athletes and stuff and how like all that, it was this huge network of people with like secret tunnels and stuff, drugging them all. Okay, I want to watch that definitely. It's so it's good. So, I, I was so naive about how it all worked. Like they used to do this thing which I'm sure was in that too with the blood transfusions, where they'd literally take out like bags and bags of their own blood, get the drugs put into the bags and then get the blood put back in their system just before they hopped on the bike. So they would test negative to Mm. drug tests. Yeah. So they had like bags of their blood just in the freezer that they were walking around without and then got it put back in just before they raced. I was like, that is just insane behavior to win a bike race. (laughs) I know. Like Like who cares that much? Oh my god! Oh my god! I also um. I would do that for nothing. I also realized last night how like, you know how we were saying last week that we're just like so bad at anything, like at doing anything we're not good at. Mm. So one one part of me coming to LA, I was like, okay, I'm just like gonna have to get good at cooking because I'm very lucky, and Anton loves cooking, and so like literally for the past four years, I kind of have cooked like twice. And it's been disgusting. Mm-hmm. And then he's just like made it better when he's gotten home. Um, <laughs> or like if I have to cook, I'll sort of like fuss around in the kitchen, cutting broccoli really slowly till he gets home and then he'll come and just help. Um, yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get good at cooking. And then last night I literally had like a breakdown trying to cook. <laughs> it was so fucked. Yeah. yeah. Cause I was like, I went and bought all these, this, fruit and veggies from Whole Foods, spent like so much money on it. And then I was like, it's all going off in my fridge because I can't figure out what to do with it. So then I was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to make falafel and then like made this falafel. And then I was like, I don't want that. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And then I was like, I don't want that. And then I was just like in tears and had pasta. 
<laughs> have I told you once about when I was in like my first year of uni and I was living on my own and I was living in this like kind of uni housing where there was communal kitchens. So you had to go to the kitchen, cook something and bring it back to your little apartment and then eat there. And I boiled two eggs because that's all I had left until I got paid. And I thought I'd figured it out precisely. And I got back to my room and like cracked them open and they were both just raw. Oh my and I just God. Had, I had a, I had like a complete nervous breakdown. I was like on the floor sobbing. I was like, I can't do this. Like I can't live on my own. It's too hard. Yeah, it is. It's too hard. So like I like was messaging Anton because he was like, I miss you. And I was then like, I just I went just... and got a portos. Yeah, I was like, I just like miss your cooking so much. So much. I, I feel like there's just some things like, like, I don't know. I'm just like, I think I'm just giving up now. I don't think it's my thing. I think I hate it. I just find no joy from it. Yeah, it's not exactly. A, it's not a thing I want to ever do. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. Um, wait, I know that you've like, I think you've said this story on the podcast before, but can you please retell the pizza story? Oh my God, I actually don't think I've said it before. It's so good. This story is so fucked up. It's actually insane that this happened. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> I Zach was, I just got the dust out of my eye. This is Yay. amazing. Revelatory moment before the story. So I was... <laughs> Um, Zach was coming back from Wollongong and I ordered us pizza and I was trying to time it to come when he got back because he was taking ages to get back, but it came like 15 minutes before he was going to get home. So I put it in the oven to stay warm, but I put it in, in the box, in the boxes, which everyone is like, Oh my God, that's so crazy. I'm like, it's not that crazy. But what I accidentally did (laughs) was... (laughs) I stacked them up and then put the oven on grill instead of heat. So I was like, how our apartment works is it's kind of like just an open little box. So I was sitting watching TV and like from behind the TV is the oven. And it had literally been in there for like seven minutes. And there's just, I just look up and there was just smoke pouring out of the oven. And I was like, oh my God. And I got up to run across to get the I like can't even stop laughing in anticipation (laughs) and then I went to run across the apartment to get out the pizza out of the oven and I was wearing socks and we have wooden floorboards and I just slipped and smacked onto my face (laughs) and then because I was so shocked I just burst into tears on the floor I was just like (laughs) and then ran to get the pizza out of the oven and it was on fire literally flaming and then I looked down and because I hit my nose so hard there was like blood all over my dress blood all over the floor and then at that exact moment Zach walked in and you were just like like crying bleeding and the pizza's on fire the whole apartment was so full of smoke it was like insane and I was literally holding a flaming box and like 10 minutes earlier he'd called and I was like pizza's here darling see you soon and he just walked into like a crime scene it's so funny Reminds and me he of said, that time that we tried to. He said he um, thought I'd been robbed. He thought someone had like he thought the pizza man had like punched me or something. He was like, <laughs> oh I just God. couldn't even put together how this fucking scenario had happened. It reminds me of um that time we went to Splendor in the Grass and we like decided to shave our legs with like those two dollar razors, which you use every time, which I find like insane. Like Anton tried to make me buy one the other day and I was like, this is like just not a thing that any normal woman uses. Um self care. Yeah. And then 
we like weirdly for some reason both just like cut our legs wide open everywhere. I think we'd been I think we'd been at a dinner and we'd been drinking wine. So okay. like you know how your blood's so much thinner. Like you, yeah, you just and we bleed, were just like just probably a little bit drunk and shouldn't have been holding razors. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a, it was literally like a crime scene. It was there was so much blood because we both just did it in the bathroom together at the same time. Yeah, and there was just, we just all like, the white just fluffy like... towels were just like covered in blood. It was so <laughs> disgusting. I was like, how how did we like get to our mid twenties? <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, that's hilarious. Um. Okay, what are your recommendations? I so I've been watching the Ham. I can't remember if I said this last week, but I've been watching the Handmaid's Tale season three. So oh good. my god, is it up three? Yes, but like that's the thing. I don't know if it's out. I feel like it might not be out in Australia yet, but it may be. I think because like when I got here, I was like, "How the fuck did I not know that this was out?" It's up to like episode six over here. What? So um, you just have access to everything there. Yeah, except there's um, the Keeping Up with the Kardashians two-part season finale is tomorrow and it's all about the Jordan Woods drama. And I was like, okay, how do we watch this? And my American flight mate like, was like, I don't know. And so now I'm just like desperate to figure it out. I think you need cable. Manically trying to figure it out. Yeah, um, but The Handmaid's Tale is really good. I keep like coming home after like two margaritas and putting it on and then forgetting what I watched and having to watch it again. <laughs> So I've watched it like so many times. Um, and then the other thing that I was absolutely obsessed with this week is um, on the Atlantic, which is about an American influencer couple who tried to sell their engagement to brands prior to it happening. Um, and basically, so gross. Yeah, yeah. So basically, <laughs> what they're trying to say is happening is he surprised her with a scavenger hunt kind of. Thing around the world and he was going to propose to her at some point during it but the Atlantic got hold of a 10 page PDF document that they had sent through to brands and advertisers prior to going on this like surprise trip um, and talking about through every single detail of the trip in like meticulous detail um, so from when what they were having for breakfast what hotels they were staying at what she was wearing what time she would post how the brands could be involved, how many, how much reach she has, how much followers, how many followers she has, and what time and where he was going to propose. <laughs> so that crazy, is so embarrassing. Do you think they're embarrassed, or do you think they're happy for the publicity now? Um, no, I think they're really embarrassed. So, so I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you would be. Yeah. So they've changed it because I've been keeping up to date with them, and they he changed the whole thing. So they just got married like yesterday. Oh, so really capitalizing on the um the moment. Yeah, so instead of having a flash mob outside the Louvre at 2.45 p.m. in Paris on the 21st. Yuck, that is the tackiest thing I've ever heard. I would have loved to have seen that so much, though. I love a good flash mob. Oh. <laughs> yeah, um, they, he just, they just had a wedding ceremony in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> so they are in Mary. That's just, that's just taking it too far. Yeah, so he Yuck. reached out to the Atlantic and was like, she knew nothing about this. It was just me and my <laughs> friends that planned it, trying to save her her anyway. Oh. But, yeah, it's so bad. It's just so funny. It's like, what? when, is too, when are we going to just go too far? I feel like that is 
just so too far to sell your proposal yeah, before it's that's a happened. really good like argument to delete all social media yeah like that book 10 arguments to delete all your social media accounts could just be that single atlantic article yeah and also have you seen that um the cut posted a piece well there's like been a bunch of them but that people are actually growing horns out the back of their neck from bending their neck so much to look at their phone and i thought it was a joke and i thought the cut had just made it up but it's not it's real yeah it sounds like something on the onion yeah but it's a real thing oh god that's really depressing and scary But it has to. It has to do something to you if you go from just never using a phone to using it like six hours a day. Oh, my God. I just bent my neck forward and then touched the back of my neck and it's sore. (laughs) Maybe it's my my horn. (laughs) Yeah, your horn is growing. That's really gross. The word horn is is so chat. Like Anton will actually be like to me, you're going to get – What's that thing in your hand? RSI. Yeah, RSI. And but my this actually gets sore, which is so embarrassing and disgusting. Is he's pointing to her hand just for the layman, <laughs> <laughs> like this thing here gets sore um, sometimes. And then another thing that was recommended in our group this week was um, a piece on the Guardian called uh, "Crystals: The New Blood Diamonds," um, and it's all about how. Unethically Such most... a hectic headline. I know, but they <laughs> actually the movie are. Blood Diamonds. I was like, oh my god. Yeah, I didn't read it, so tell me. Oh, so it's it's so interesting, but it's all about how unethically most crystals are sourced and the conditions of mm-hmm. the miners, which is likening them to that of blood diamonds. Like, there's no governing body to watch over this for ethical procedures and to make sure that people are of the right age to be working and like the conditions that they're working in. Um, and then it's talking all about how celebrities such as Gwyneth Paltrow, um, of course, and what's his name? Spencer Pratt <laughs> are spruiking them. Um, but no one's paying any attention to where they're coming from. Um, so and, interesting. Yeah. So in 2017, crystals became a multi-billion dollar slice of the $4.2 trillion global wellness industry. Um, and a paragraph from the article reads, while it's claimed crystals help People harness the energy of the earth. The more they are mined, the more that the earth is suffering. Here's the dirty truth of crystals. And it's not simply that the efficacy. Oh, my God. (laughs) There's always one word. Um, As healing objects is unproven. It's that, as Emily Atkin at the New Republic reported last year, their origins are murky and their environmental impact worrying. Much like diamonds, crystal mining is an industry buried in conflict. There are issues around sustainability. Crystals are a non-renewable source. There are issues around labor. Most jobs are low-paid, unsafe, and sometimes performed by underage workers. And there's an issue around accountability. The industry is unregulated, allowing exploitation to go unchecked. I didn't realize that. I thought they were just... I don't know. I'm a bit of a crystal skeptic, so come after me. But I thought they were just made, like, in a factory. I didn't realize they were actually, like, real. Yeah. Well, yeah, they are. It's crazy. Mm. Um, And then I think that's – oh, no. And then the other thing that we both read that we wanted to talk about was that Hideous Men article in the mm. cut. So amazing. So E. Jean – Carol is actually Elle's advice columnist and has been since like the 90s. Yeah, when I read I didn't that, realize that until I read the whole thing. Yeah. When I saw 
her name. I was like, why do I recognize her name? And then I figured out that I read, yeah. I read her columns. She's just amazing. This article is incredible. It's very long. Yeah, I think it's an excerpt from an upcoming book. It's called Hideous Men. Donald Trump assaulted me in a Birdolf Goodman dressing room 23 years ago, but he's not alone on the list of awful men in my life. And basically it's a an article, a piece all about like, so she, how many hideous men did she say she had? I think it's like 21. 21. It's a list of the 21 most revolting scoundrels I have ever met. I started it in October 2017, the day that Judy Cantor and Megan Twohy posted their Harvey Weinstein bombshells in the New York Times. So basically she's now in her 70s and she's written this long list of all of the men who have done terrible things to her, either like sexually, emotionally, physically. Um, And one of them is Donald Trump, who she says assaulted her in a Bergdorf Goodman dressing room. 23 years ago and the cover story is so powerful because it's her wearing the outfit she was wearing when the alleged assault happened and she said she hung it on the on her door mm. for the last 23 years yeah and she's she never worn it and she wore it again yeah she'd never worn it and she'd never dry cleaned it it just been sitting there for 23 years which is so harrowing it's amazing and it's just amazing the whole the whole story is incredible because obviously she's had this experience that goes back from when she was like a child through to her her early years in college through to like much more recently and it's just full of those stories that like every I mean some of them are quite harrowing I think compared to the average woman's experience Mm -hmm. but a lot of them are just kind of things that everyone feels like they can relate to this Trump thing is is hectic though it's full rape yeah. That she- it's so crazy. And I haven't seen that much. It hasn't been picked up as much as I thought it would be. Mm. Don't you yeah. think? came out yesterday, right? That's like yeah, enough, the day before. That enough time for like the Times and CNN and all. I don't know. I just feel like I, it hasn't been reported as much as I thought it would be. Yeah, I was crying by the end of it. She's, mm. she's never slept with anyone since that incident. Oh, my God. Yeah, 23 years ago. (sighs) Which is crazy. Yes, very depressing. But please read it, everyone, and share it. So I went a bit overboard and bought so much stuff for my new room in L.A., Izzy, you're going to be there for like one and a half months. I know, but my room is so chic now. It is chic. I can see it in the background on Skype. Are you going to be taking all of your new stuff to London? Well, not all, um, especially because my suitcase was already overweight. Um, But I'm definitely (laughs) taking my sheets. Well, you have to because we're both very obsessed with our new attitude sheets. I know. I'm getting a pair in like every color, even though I usually only have white sheets. I know. I think of it a bit like... Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. 
one of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Like when you only wear white and black in your wardrobe, but then you go rogue and buy something that's like red, but it's actually amazing. Exactly. And I love how I don't even feel bad about buying them because they're good for the environment and made using sustainable bamboo. Exactly. You're basically helping the earth with every set you buy. Well, that's all the encouragement I needed. Thank you very much to Etitude for sponsoring this episode of After Work Drinks and for offering our listeners 15% off with the code AFTERWORKDRINKS, or one word, at the checkout. Thanks, Etitude. An article that was shared in our Facebook group earlier this week that got a lot of traction was a New York Times piece on the cut called Every Girl I Knew Was On It by Anna Silman. Um, And basically it's all about the pill and goes into detail about how when this writer was a teenager, every single girl basically in her high school was on the pill. And, And from like 14, 15, 16 onwards, which I was, like I'm pretty sure I went on the pill at like, 15 and I just had no idea why or what was like basically it was just because I was going to be sexually active at some point in the near future so they just like put me on this thing um and I like yeah same I was I think I went on when I was 15 as well maybe 16 and it was like meant to be in part to get skin under control but also I think because your parents are like do not get pregnant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, the first one I was ever on, I like just went absolutely crazy. Like my mood swings were just really? out of control. I was crying all the time. Um, and it was it's funny because you, you go on the pill like during puberty. So when your body and your emotions and everything are already changing so much, that then there's just this added factor to it that I just went like nuts. Yeah, right. I had a really physical reaction to it where I would just I would just throw it up whenever I took it. And we tried like three or four different types. Really? And I would just take it and then like exactly six hours later or something, I would just my body was just like, No. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I've always had trouble with contraception because of it. My body just can't handle it. It's really weird. I ended up being on the pill like a few years later and kind of found a really low dosage of estrogen one that was okay. But yeah. I just never, it's never been good for me. Hmm. Yeah, mine, um, oh, so, so, sorry, we'll just go back to the article briefly, but it's yeah. just a long form piece about how the pill came into play in the 1960s and was at one point used by four out of five sexually active women in the US. Um, and it basically talks about how though there's other forms of contraception, nothing's taken off as much as the pill. And then now how women are sort of starting to now question it and whether putting these hormones in your body is the right thing to do or or what are the long-term effects of it. And a lot of women are going off it. 
but also like it kind of notes that which is so so important that every single woman's body is different and for what may work for someone will might not work for the next woman and a lot of people are just going off the pill without speaking to doctors or without speaking to any medical professionals because of like an article or something they've read online and then finding that that's the wrong thing for them or like maybe like it could be the right thing for that specific person but then the wrong thing for the next person and it's kind of become this huge thing online where there's so much misinformation about it and so many people sharing their specific story which happened to them which like you know like yours if you were like every time Mm. I took the pill I vomited then maybe a, a young girl wouldn't take it because she'd be scared of that happening um but how different it can yeah, be. Yeah, totally. People. It's like a lot of noise online. And we, we opened up a dialogue in our Facebook group about people's experiences with the pill. And it was really interesting because you had this incredible mix of people who had really bad experiences it was very, for, with ve- for very different reasons, ranging from hormonal reasons to physical reasons to uh, horrible cramps that kept them off work for days or, or massive unexplained weight gain or weight loss or um, horrible experiences with like cystic breakouts and, and very painful acne and not being able to get that under control. But almost for every person who said that was someone who had the opposite effect where all those things got under control mm. when they were prescribed the right pill. So it's, it, 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 we were very conscious with tackling this topic to not make it like a pill bashing. Well, no, piece like because, I'm um yeah on the pill and I've been on the pill. I've been on the pill on and off for sort of my whole adult life, I guess, but I was on like whatever the ones were when I was younger that just were not working for me at all. Like I was just like crying all the time and really like out of control, moody, which is just for me like <laughs> I'm already a moody girl. Um and then <laughs> But, like, I've kind of been lucky because I've gone on and off for, like, kind of extended periods of time and haven't really noticed any changes in my body, like, if I'm on it or off it, which is good. Yeah. But being on this this one that I'm on now, I've been on it for, like, four years um, and I've noticed nothing bad about it. If anything, it's probably controlled my acne. Um, I haven't noticed weight gain. I haven't noticed mood swings. Like, just nothing at all. Um, which is really great. And like a lot of women were saying the same thing. Um, one of them wrote, going off the pill for a year was one of the worst uninformed decisions I've ever made. Um, another wrote, I stopped going off the pill for a year after pressure from articles, as well as wondering what I'd be like off it. Going off it made me insane with mood swings, so anxious and depressed, particularly two weeks leading up to my period until I went back on and realized how much it leveled me out. Um, another person went off the pill after 10 years of being on it after feeling pressure from articles in the internet again to not put drugs in my system um without actually consulting anyone i went off the pill and got a copper iud which was the worst my skin went crazy my anxiety went crazy a lot of people actually were saying anxiety and depression um either when they're on the pill got really bad or when they were off the pill got really bad like it must just mess with your mental health so much yeah, I think the hormonal because we we know that horm- our hormones affect our mood are so like intrinsically linked to our moods. Mm. Like it's just something we just know as like women as people. But then th- there isn't, you know, if someone was on antidepressants um, or mental health medication, there is a very serious, strict doctor's code about coming on and off it. You know what I mean? Like it's very serious 
to not suddenly stop taking medication or to suddenly start taking it or to up your dose or lower your dose. Whereas with the pill, which obviously not to the same extent, but does have links to mental health. There's no real dialogue about it's really important to suddenly not stop taking the pill, to not stop suddenly taking the pill, or it's really important to ease your way off. Like that that kind of dialogue doesn't really exist for women, I feel. Yeah, exactly. And that was a big and thing in the group. People were saying it was, I just decided to stop and I just stopped. Yeah. Without consulting a gynecologist or a GP. And then a lot of, I think the harshest symptoms came from probably like a shock to your system. Well, one woman said that she was prescribed the exact pill she'd taken all her life with no side effects. She was prescribed it after the birth of her baby to help with postpartum depression. So that's how much it can change. Right. So instead of oh, amazing. antidepressants, yeah. so that's how much it can affect your mood. Like, that's crazy. It had a huge impact on my mood. Coming off the pill, I came off the pill, I think, three years ago. And I think that was one of the best things I've ever done in terms of my own mental health. Like I feel like it just made me feel totally out of control of my emotions and really all over the place. And that was kind of the only impact I never had any other side effects really in terms of skin or weight or boobs or cramps or anything like that. It was just that. And the impact was so massive for me that um, Zach – noticed it so much that he was like okay let's keep you off the pill whereas I think at first he was like fuck yeah 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 um that's what another girl said she said um she said my contraception is now good old condoms my boyfriend is so beautiful I think he prefers wearing wearing condoms over dealing with my crazy ass mood swings (laughs) yeah well and it's such a good conversation as well about inviting men into it because it's yes it's women's body and it's yes it's our choice but at the same time we need it because of the men in our lives and they mm. should have some uh, – like people discussed splitting the cost of contraception with their partners and I think that's such an amazing, great thing for couples to do. Not even like couples, just sexual partners, whatever, because the cost factor can be massive. Like a girl talked about being on the Nuva ring, which is kind of like a little elastic ring that you like pop up. Yeah, I had to Google that. And I did th- yeah, I did that for a few months. That wasn't really right for me either because it was still hormone based. Mm-hmm. So I found a, a really sim. It was I found it quite similar to the pill in terms of the emotional impact. But that's like a hundred. I think she said a hundred and ten dollars for three months, and you have to get it in three month allotments. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like lot. that's not an insignificant amount of money. No. Yeah, I think that it um, it is really important because, like, for example, Anton just wouldn't even think about it I've been on the pill the whole time I've been with him and he just wouldn't even like it's not something that ever would pop into his thought process but if I was to go off it it would be this huge confusing thing because I wouldn't know I'm like too scared of getting the IUD condoms I'm like in all honesty just not a mature enough human being I just am not like I I, I'm like just so useless like taking a pill every day is like the hard enough for me Sometimes I'll like if it didn't have days on it, I would honestly be like, have no idea whether I'd taken it or not. Um, yeah. And I know that a lot of people's so there's like those cycle tracking apps as well, which is kind of worth talking about. Yes, I'm really into that. So I have a cycle tracking app, and I, I mean, I think I think the problem with cycle tracking apps is that there's the technology isn't quite sophisticated enough yet to ever feel confident fully relying on them. But the basic science of it, which is that you're only ovulating a few days a month, so there's actually only a few days a month that you will get pregnant. 
and knowing those days means you just like you just don't have you use a condom or you do whatever on that day and the rest of the other days you're free to just have sex like normally um please is, please uh, please no one just do this based off this we're gonna have so many AWD please babies. <laughs> we are not a doctor yeah i know the after work drinks baby club that we <laughs> fucking spawn <laughs> but that, that's the basics of it but there are a lot of women like there was a nobel prize um winning scientist who recently pivoted her career towards creating a, a highly, highly, highly sophisticated period tracking app because she says that if we can get the the science down to a point where it's almost foolproof, it will be the most effective form of contraception. Mm, yeah. And that means that women will just have so many more options because there are, there are things you can do like um, there's a – I was going to buy one a few years ago, but they were like $600. Um, I'll find the name of it and put it in the group, but it's like a little piece of technology where you like blow into it. Women use it when they're trying to conceive. The idea is you can also use it when you're trying not to conceive and you blow into it and it tells you whether you're ovulating that day or not. Yeah, that's so interesting. It has like 98% effectiveness. So, yeah. There was one um, <laughs> There was one of those cycle tracking things that went, that there was like a huge expose on it a couple of years ago. I can't remember exactly what it's called. And then um, they came out and said that women should only be using it if they're not not trying to get pregnant. <laughs> And everyone was like, what the fuck? Like, all these women had just gotten pregnant. (laughs) And then they were like, oh, yeah. It's just definitely not. Like, it doesn't work. Yeah, I feel like technology is, it's, like, still getting more sophisticated. But the the basic idea of it is kind of amazing. Flow and Clue are two really good apps if you want to start road testing the cycle tracking pro. Just to to track it anyway is great because you kind of are like, like I think with flow, like it'll it'll say some of the symptoms you might not be aware of that tend to happen on the days before your cycle or you can fill out which symptoms you have so it can kind of like prepare you for them. Like if you get like bad skin days four days before or like sugar cravings two days before it kind of like. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think mine is um, my, mood, my mood gets really, really bad. Like I'll have like one day a month where I feel like depressed. And then I won't realize that like my period's coming three days later. Like, and it just happens every month. Yeah. And if I, I had that, just, app... I get. Yeah, yeah, you would know. Mine is just I get ravenous. I get so hungry. I feel like I could eat like every single thing in front of my face, and I feel like weak with hunger if I have to wait more than five minutes for something. Um, my friend actually went to a talk. It was interesting. Sorry, oh, sorry. you go. <laughs> I was just gonna say it was interesting. A lot of the feedback in the group about IUD because I always thought that I was gonna get a copper IUD because I thought that that was like the anti-pill solution that everyone should be getting and a lot of women have had really um difficult experiences with it i've i've read online as well a lot of women have experienced like dislodged iud's yeah a girl in our group said like, that yeah far out which is so crazy and it just floats around in your womb um also it's funny a it says in the cut article that in 2016 a um men's contraceptive testing was halted due to it said like health like or safety reasons, but that a lot of men um were reporting symptoms such as mood swings and acne. It's like yes, it's like <laughs> welcome to our lives. Yeah, I actually think it's worth like highlighting that a lot of the side effects or symptoms of the pill. I think get written off as not serious because people see them as like shallow or vanity based symptoms like weight gain or breakouts. But I those things. 
in their like severest forms where you just get uncontrollable breakouts and you can't do anything about it and you're using really expensive skincare products and you're doing everything and you're trying everything or when you're, um, you know, exercising and eating really healthy and following the same plan you followed for your whole life, but you, you just cannot get your weight to a level that you want it. That is a very, that can be quite like traumatic and very serious to self-esteem for women because women's looks and physical appearance is so much more tied to their lives professionally and socially than it is for men but i, and I, I think also that think gets... that like it would be it is the same i mean it would be really bad for men as well if that was happening to them if they if they started gaining yes. weight uncontrollably or started getting really really severe acne like anton has suffered from acne in recent years for like the first time ever and he is really self-conscious about it you notice it so much and i was sort of like well we're lucky we at least have makeup um yeah yeah totally if that was a known side effect of something that was necessary to take for your health like for any other thing I feel like we would take it a bit more seriously but because it's the pill we're kind of like ah, girl problems haha where it's like no like if you're getting cystic acne for the first time at 35 that's gonna affect your confidence like I remember reading a great article a woman wrote for Cosmopolitan about dealing with post-pill acne and she was like, I'm so sick of people acting like this is a vanity thing. Like I don't speak up at work in meetings and I don't put my hand up for things and I don't want to do presentations or do pieces to camera or do all these things which will be better for my career while my skin is like this because I feel so self-conscious all the time. And she's like, it's literally halting me progressing in certain parts of my career. Yeah. Because of this that. thing that's totally out of my control. And she was like, I'm sick of people acting like it's just a girl complaining because she's got a couple of spots. Like, it's not that. It's like. And cystic acne, which I've suffered from, I've kind of only just gotten it under control. I've suffered from it for years and years and years, always on my chin, which is the hormonal areas. But it's like, I just, my body, I just have a constant imbalance of hormones. Like, there's not much I can really do about it. It's just, well, right. according to all of the expensive dermatologists I've been to. It's a really hard yeah. thing to get under control. It doesn't matter what pill I'm on or anything like that. And it doesn't matter what skincare products I take. It's not a topical thing. It's inside my body. And with the cystic acne, it was just so horrible because on the weekends, I would want to go out and not put any makeup on, but I would be embarrassed. I wouldn't want to go to a cafe and I wouldn't want to see friends because it was huge, huge welt. And it's really painful as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, another yeah, like if it was... Sorry. rosacea or another skin disease you know what I mean we would take it so much more seriously but because it's like acne has all these like skincare lightweight connotations mm. people just are more chilled with it yeah another um crazy side effect is that um when a girl went off the pill for the first time in seven years she said she smelled so bad and I know her personally and when it happened she was honestly like I would, she, I would, I'm just like emitting this crazy odor that so apparently like it's a thing where boyfriends can sometimes smell it but no one else which is really weird really yeah but with this like she, a pheromones thing yeah but with this she was like I just smell really bad and then a bunch of other people commented saying the same thing um and then another yeah another thing I was reading was that obviously we're not medical professionals so please bear with us but it was that um when women go off the pill or when you start on the pill halfway through a relationship, start or stop, it can affect how much it can affect the way you feel about your partner because it's like really? something to do with the different hormones and the different pheromones. It's like to do with smell 
and um, a lot of women go off the pill halfway through a relationship and then like want to break up with their boyfriends or they go on it and they start feeling differently about them. That's so fascinating. Yeah. This is what I mean. It's like a powerful drug. <laughs> like, yeah, it is. The impacts are massive. That's why I think the biggest th- the biggest thing in this conversation like going back to the cut article is how like willy nilly we were all put on it when we were like 14, 15, mm-hmm. 16. Yeah. You know, I think that- it's like this hardcore dr- drug with all these insane side effects and just every single girl we knew was taking it when they were 16 years old. Yeah. And another huge takeaway is that like so much, so little is known about women's health still. There's so much more research around yeah. men's health, but because women, our hormones are so unique to our own bodies. It's really hard to study. Um, Yes. One girl wrote in our group, which I loved, um, STEM, science, technology, engineering, and maths, is a heavily dominated, ma- sorry, is a heavily male-dominated area, and the decision makers are mostly men, so I don't see this being at the top of their agendas. The system works really well for them. They have no motivation to change it. My boyfriend is all too familiar with my feminist rant about how shit the contraception options are and how sexist it is that women have to deal with it. He's very empathetic and we split the cost of anything contraception related. So all my gyno bills for the IUD and the constant cost of the pill. He's actually the one who pointed out it's a shared cost. I honestly hadn't thought of it because I'd become so used to paying the bills as part of my health care. It's so important to have all these conversations about contraception with the men in our lives so they're aware of the limited and often problematic options in 2019. Hopefully one of them is a scientist and can come up with a new option, although I strongly believe a female scientist will be the one to crack the code. Oh, I love that. That is such a good summary of everything Mm. that we have been trying to say. Yeah, and again, before we wrap it up, very important to note that um, obviously we're not medical professionals and I think like the main takeaway from everyone's stories in the group, all of the research that we've done is that every single woman's body is different and to talk to like your medical professional before you do anything whether it's going on the pill going off the pill it works really well for me it doesn't work well for others it's just dependent on your body yeah and it sounded like women who are really happy with the contraception they're on had had seen a gynecologist and I personally have never seen a gynecologist I've just seen a GP for contraception options so I think yeah I'm just lucky if you can just like always worked but that's because I swapped from like three and then just found one that worked and was like sweet you know how like on sex in the city they all have a gynecologist i think that might be an american thing that we need to emulate in australia like find a gynecologist you like and trust see them regularly oh and there was also a really fascinating thread within that thread about um which was semi-unrelated but kind of related about the pap smear and cervical cancer test in Australia and that recently the government changed the laws that instead of every two years, women only need to have checks every five years. But a few women talked about how important their pap smears and cervical cancer checks had been in finding either HPV or um, CIN2, I think it's called the like precancerous stage of cervical cancer, how the going and getting regular pap smears was how they found that and prevented it for so long. So they were really encouraging women that even though that law has been changed every five years, that if you can regularly go to your GP, still keep up. Yeah, like once tests. a year or once every two years. A bunch of them were yeah. saying that they found precancerous cells and had they gone only once every five years, it would have been a very different outcome. So that's Super yes. important. Listen to us, Dr. I know. Dr. Izzy and Grace. Izzy and Grace is like do- Dr. Hour of Power. Yeah. 
please come to us with any health issues you have and we'll Google the answers. <laughs> yeah. We'll read it out from Google. <laughs> okay. Shall we wrap this up? I kind of want people to ask us questions. I want to be like a ask Eugene. Yeah, same. I actually, I would love that. I would love like a regular Agony Aunt series. Same. If anyone wants us, I, it's going to be hilarious when no one asks us because no one actually wants our life advice on anything and we're going to be like, guys. Someone will be like, how do you cook a pizza? And we'll be like, don't know. <laughs> Clearly. Or we'll be like those ones really obvious that the person has written their own question. Yeah, Izzy, how do you we'll be like? How do you hair? both stay so beautiful and humble? And we'll <laughs> yeah. be like, well. <laughs> Izzy, how do you keep your lob so chic? <laughs> anyway yeah send us questions please great idea izzy you can dm us or maybe we'll start a thread on facebook i'll ask you a question next week if no one else does yeah we'll come prepared <laughs> <laughs> okay um please don't forget to rate review and subscribe um follow us on instagram at afterwork drinks podcast which by the way we've had a few um dm sub- uh, meme uh, sub- what is it called? We've had a submissions. few people, yeah, DMing us um, meme ideas. Please, please do that. Please. It's hard to think of them out of our brains. Yeah. No. And we also have a <laughs> it private, ain't easy. We also have a private Facebook group at Afterwork Drinks Podcast, which is where you can see um, the entire chat about the pill that we've been having with everyone in there, and also where you can now ask us questions. <laughs> Exactly. Ask us anything. (laughs) Amen. Bye. 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 Um, You look pretty. um, I know. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.